Welcome to Bourbon Sauce. Today's episode is called First Pour. This one we are talking about first dates and what makes it good for a first date uh, from our perspective. We've got Ryan and myself, Dan. Grab your favorite bourbon and join us for the show. Before we get into it, Ryan, why don't you tell everybody what you're sipping on? Well, Dan, since we decided to go with firsts, I decided to go with a little bit of Town Branch. Uh, it's got a very um, strong taste to it. Um, yeah, Definitely got a little bit of a bite. Uh, definitely good over ice. Run you about 35 to 40 a bottle. Uh, and a fun fact about Town Branch is it's actually the first new distillery built in Lexington, Kentucky since Prohibition. Interesting. Talk about firsts. Right. Uh, I decided to borrow uh, something off of your shelf because, you know, you got a lot of things that I don't typically buy. And one of them happens to be Puncher's Chance. It's uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. And it's distilled right here in good old Kentucky. Not too bad. Uh, I put mine on ice also to start with. Uh, it kind of cuts it a little bit. But it's got a good good kind of flavor profile to it. Uh, it's not awful. I get a little bit of a hint of cinnamon with that. This one? Yeah, a little bit of a cinnamon-ness. Cinnamon-mini? Cinnamon-mini. Cinnamon-mini? Yeah, I don't know. It's got, it's got a weird flavor profile to me. Uh, it is kind of like a rum, almost. It's definitely different. That's kind of what I... I that's what it reminds me of when I taste it. It tastes kind of like more like, like a rum, but either way. So, talking about first dates, and being as we are both single bros, and we go on a lot of different dates, what have you. Uh, what do you think? What do you typically try to do for your first date? Do you like find a good restaurant? Go to a bar? Like, what exactly do you try to do, or do you switch it up for each person? So, I would say nowadays anymore, um, it's, it's kind of like, I would just soon meet you for a coffee yep. or a drink, and maybe an appetizer as a first date, right. and then just kind of talk and see how things go, and then we can have a second date or not. Um, But, you know, you used to it was, oh, you know, dinner and a movie, or... Let's go to the yeah. movies on a first date. And I never found a movie to be a good first date experience because you don't actually get to interact and talk. No, that's a terrible idea for a first date. That's more like a second or third date, if or, anything. Or going to a loud-ass bar. Well, yeah. It defeats the purpose. Or going to like a concert or you know anywhere yeah. where you can't really have a conversation. I feel like that's kind of dumb. It I defeats agree. the purpose of a first date. What about you? Uh, I typically try to do a drink, whether it's a coffee or at a bar. Uh, if that, or if I happen to be hungry, then I'll usually say, hey, let's do dinner. Uh, or if I am apprehensive, I'll start off with a lunch because lunches yeah. are more casual. Yep. And you don't have much to, like, I guess, uh, not a lot of pressure because of it being a lunch. And, and you, you know, better for girls sometimes because then they don't have to worry about doing the makeup and getting all dolled up and you usually get to see them in more of like their comfort setting i guess versus when you do a dinner a lot of times they feel like they've got to go a little bit extra right just because it's dinner um but i have noticed that typically dinners 
if they go well, can lead to, you know, a little extra curriculars, whether it's one night stand or otherwise. Right. Uh, I think maybe there's something about being in the dark when you come out. Maybe it just kind of, if you've had a few with that person and it went well and you had a good discussion and everything just seemed to kind of click. Right. One thing leads to another usually. But I don't know. Uh, sometimes well, first dates, it just depends. Sometimes I'll do fun shit too. You know, like if we start off in the afternoon, maybe I'll do like uh, like go-karts or a putt-putt or, you know. Go-karts are always a good first date. Anything like that is a fun first date where you can spend time together and really get to let loose. I like the competitive stuff too because then you get to really see who they are if they're losing or winning mm-hmm. and see if they're sore winners or sore losers. Uh, I've or, done bowling as a first date. I've done an arcade, mm-hmm. uh, axe throwing. I've not uh, done axe throwing. I'm always leery of that because, you know, drinking and throwing sharp objects just doesn't sound smart. Well, you don't get to drink that much. I'm just saying there's yeah. other people in there that are drinking and throwing. Oh, they got barriers. You're okay. I've been in there. I've done it. Yeah, I just if don't. I would do it, then you, you would be okay. Yeah, I just don't trust people. Uh, what would you say is... Uh, your worst first date? Um, well, I've had a few where you meet and then you're just like, you know, catfished. Yeah. But beyond the catfish portion, if they are stalling for the conversation or you have to, you feel like you're pu- a dentist and you're pulling teeth yep. to get them to actually communicate. Yep. That's terrible. Like, I fucking hate that. Like, if if we can't handle a just run-of-the-mill conversation, I, this isn't going to work. And I really hate small talk. Like, the, okay, so, you know, how was your day? Like, that, it's just like, let's get that out of the way. Like, yes, I'm fine. Yes, my day was good. Let's talk to some about something with a little bit more depth. Because right. the other stuff to me is just boring. And I hate small talk anyway. And I hate it even more when I'm on a date. I just don't. I don't want to do it. Sometimes you kind of have to resort to that to get them to open up too. But I, I don't know. I just, I'd rather be able to have a full-on conversation about anything except for religion and politics. I usually steer clear of those on first dates, just because of how taboo they are. But I will, I will dabble into, you know, maybe a little bit of their past of how fresh are you out of a relationship, kind of stuff like that. But yeah, first bad dates. I mean. Generally, that's the only reason why they've been bad first dates is somewhere along those two issues, whether they, they weren't who they said they were going to be or they're just terrible conversationalists. I'm pretty much right along those same lines. Yeah, it's pretty... Sp- or anything to do with my dogs will quickly terminate a first date. I, th- I think most guys are pretty easy to please on a date as long as... You show up and you look the way you're supposed to, you smell good, you can converse, and then there's chemistry. It's usually pretty easy for a guy. Girls usually need a lot more uh, because of the whole emotional side of everything, and they're they're more emotional creatures. And anyway, they have to have that. Well, obviously, there has to be the physical attraction for them. Then there has to be like, do I see myself with this guy long term? Is he somebody that I can feel safe with and secure with? 
then they start figuring out whether you're financially stable, you know, emotionally stable, like a whole gamut of things that girls usually look at more so than guys do. Like we usually will figure that stuff out later. Right. Initially, we're more of like the primal, like, are you somebody I'd want to take home and bone? Like, if you're not, then usually it's like, mm, I don't even know if I want to continue going on a, a second date or even continue the date at all, period. So it's just, it really depends, I think, for guys when it comes to that. I would I would say for me, like, obviously, and for anybody who says physical attraction doesn't matter at the beginning is lying. Oh, 100%. Like, there has to be physical attraction to make it to a point where you want to communicate. Right. Right. So anybody who says otherwise is honestly lying. You know, yeah, whether or they're whether not very good looking with, themselves and they're just kind of hoping for and, the best. But then you're still lying because well, yeah. you have a type. Everybody has a type. Your type may be broader, right. but everybody has a type, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I I have to be physically attracted to you. But if we can't have a good conversation, a good flowing conversation, and talk various topics mm. and actually have somewhat of a educated conversation, yep, I'm I've already lost interest. Yeah, so you gotta have that intellectual stimulation. If you don't have that, then it's kind of like, you know, that that, that attraction level is dropped. Because I don't care how hot you are, if if you're dumber than a box of rocks, you've lost me. You know, a lot of people are like cool with that because then they they're just good for arm candy or or getting they, your dick wet or they just don't care to have an intelligent partner because they want to feel better about themselves in some way or some fashion. You know, you see a lot of these guys that are with bimbos and you're like, why are you with that girl? Oh, she's hot. It's like, what else does she do? Well, she's hot. I'm like, okay. Do you, can you talk about business sense? Can you talk about investing? Can you talk about cars? Can you talk like can you talk about anything other than her doing her makeup and nails and you know pedicures and stuff like that? Or is it just she's yeah. she's pretty and you, that's all you care about? If I can't have stimulating conversation, yeah, I I just don't want it. it no. I've lost all interest because at that point, I mean, it's like okay, I can go home mm-hmm. and jerk off and talk to myself and have a better conversation. Yeah. So um, what 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 I, is my purpose here? I think when I was younger, I didn't give a give a care too much. Um, At a younger age, most guys I, don't. I think it was more ego driven back then. It was you know wanting to have that arm candy, having somebody that was pretty that you you could show off. I guess. Same and, same could be said for women back when we were younger. Well, is yeah. they wanted that gym guy that spent all his time in the gym and had right. the ripped abs. You know, looked really good. Yeah. But well, he he couldn't use more than two syllables. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of the jocks in high school. Those those cheerleader types loved those prototypical jocks who were good looking but not very smart. Um, right. And then, you know, you you progress through life and you start learning that looks fade and there's more important things than just the looks and and and. Conversation happen happens to be one of those things where you're gonna you're gonna figure that out on first dates, you know, and from there it will either snowball into something good or it will just melt away into nothingness. So I think that's why a first date is very important to set the groundwork for what you're expecting to kind of setting expectations in the beginning is always a good thing on the first date. 
because what it was oh, go ahead sorry because it lets you, you, both sides know like what you're expecting from them like okay i'm looking for a serious relationship are you you know you get on the same kind right. of same page there you know i have kids are you okay with that i have dogs are you okay with that like i you know do this i do that setting all those expectations out there i think is an important thing to do on a first before you go on the first date even often because if you don't and then you just feel like you wasted your damn time because you forgot to ask those questions before you even met in in real life so i feel like even before you get on that first date those are preliminary questions that you should should want answers to because then it gives a clear idea of you knowing exactly what you're looking for because there's nothing worse, I think, than going in on a first date and neither of you know what you're really looking for or what, what your type is or what your, um, I don't know, your, what your expectations are, I guess. Right. What about you? What do you think? So, I mean, I agree with 90% of what you said. We just had a pretty good conversation about that. But I'm curious, what would you say is not necessarily pertaining to the woman specifically, well, what would you say was your funnest first date and or could both be kind of combined or your your most uh, enlightening first date? I think one of my most fun first dates, uh, I was I was living in Ohio. So it was when I, I got laid off from the current company I'm with for like a year and a half and I was living up there and I, I met this girl. She was living in Pennsylvania. And she was very, like, what first attracted to me was visually, she was very attractive. Second, she has a master's degree in anthropology, so I already knew she was going to be able to hold a high-level conversation, which was great. And I didn't have to dumb down my, my vocabulary, right. which was a really cool thing, because most of the girls up until that point that I had been on dates with, I was just kind of like, Bleh. like, you're just not that smart. Uh so I kind of was happy that that was the case. But we, we ended up doing putt-putt. We met for lunch because um, I, I, we had done a lot of talking prior to meeting just because of the distance between us. I think I had to drive two hours or whatever. And um, we hung out. We did putt-putt. We went to a, a park and went hiking on some trails. And then you know the whole time we're, we're talking about different topics and stuff. We went and did, uh, it was so good, we, we ended up ended up going to dinner. So we went from lunch, doing all those fun things, and we ended up going to dinner because we still were having a good time. Ended up getting sushi, which was awesome because th- I love sushi. So right. immediately she's already getting all these check marks. I'm like, all right, cool. She likes this. She likes that. Getting she, all them brownie points. She was definitely winning it. Winning it. Um, and, of course, one thing led to another. We ended up back at her place, hit it off there. That was amazing. Uh, just kind of felt like somebody, they say like, I guess there's a, a chance where in past lives, if you believe in that, you once were lovers or something. And then when you meet them again, it's like your spirits get reignited kind of. Yeah. And it kind of felt like that with when we were hanging out. But the more we talked and the more we discussed things beyond that first date, we started kind of diverging because she had more of a... I should have picked this up knowing she had a degree in anthropology. She was more of a liberal-minded person, and I'm more of a conservative-minded person. And so a lot of our worldviews started kind of interfering with things. And we just basically, after uh, probably a couple months, we just, yeah, this is this is not going to be a good fit. I mean, that's a good thing to figure out, because if your values and stuff don't right. line up, 
and don't mesh well. You know, some things can be worked around, some things can't. Yeah, and it's very difficult, I think, when it comes to political things. I can look I can look the other way or I can even rationalize some of the other aisle, other side of the aisle. Right. But then there's other things I'm just like, hmm, this is going to be a deal breaker. Uh, like one, she's dead set against why do we need guns? And I'm like, well, are you happy with the police have guns? Then they could protect you. Wouldn't you rather be able to protect yourself kind of thing? And it was to her, it just seemed like it was an unnecessary thing where I believe obviously heavily in the Second Amendment. And I think that that's an important thing for everybody to be able to defend yourself because by the time a police shows up nine times out of ten, you're either going to be wounded or dead, be- especially if the other person has a weapon and you don't. So that was a big, big one for me. And then there was something else uh, with the way she was kind of raising her kid that kind of gave me a little red flag, and I was just like, yeah, that's not that's not going to sit well either. But I think that was the probably the most fun date that I'd had in a long time. Would you say that was the most enlightening as well, or would there be a different date that was For an enlightening date? Um, I'd have to say there's probably a, a bunch of different ones that could be enlightening in, in ways that, I guess, showed me what I didn't want. Yeah. You know? Um, or Or showing me a type of person that I don't want to be around, you know, because I've been on dates where they've been rude to the wait staff or even to me, uh, where they think it's okay to like put you down on that first date. And it's like, we don't even know each other and you're already throwing barbs at me. Like, right. That's a big red flag to me. If you're that comfortable putting someone down or shaming somebody right off the bat, there's probably something I mean, it's one on. thing to talk a little shit. It's another yeah. thing to be like, I'm cool with it if like we're talking about our sports teams and you're like, oh, your team fucking sucks. Like, OK, that's different. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's easy to say your team sucks when you root for the Browns. You know, <laughs> that's true. That is very true. But if they're like, you know, why would you wear that to a date or, you know, oh, I don't like your shoes or, you know, just something snide like that. I'm just kind of like, mm, you're either got something going on with your own self-worth, self-esteem, or you're just a miserable fucking person to be around. That, that I just don't want to be around that kind of attitude. Yep. Um, I think those were kind of enlightening things, I guess, uh, if I were to have to categorize it. But what about you? So uh, I guess one of the funnest first dates um, for me um, would have actually been a date that I guess when it was all said and done, we kind of classified as first and second date because mm-hmm. first date we went bowling and then went to the arc, went and played in the arcade and goofed yeah. off, had a good time. And then date's over and it's like, Hey, you want to go throw axes? Mm. Like, yeah, sure. So the ax throwing kind of became date number two. Mm. Um, because date first date like you know I paid for everything the food and the bowling and the arcade we go axe throwing and I go in you know not expecting anything to change kind of thinking we're just continuing date one right yep. next thing you know she's buying the drinks she's paying for the axe throwing 
And she's like, this is date number two. So that was, for me, date number, first date. That mm-hmm. was that was a very fun, had a really good time date. Um, I would say the most enlightening date, first date for me, would be, and it, at the same time, it was a very fun first date, and mm-hmm. for, at least for my experience of it. Other people I've talked to did not have as good of experiences for a first date doing uh, escape room. So what I learned really quickly doing an escape room as a date activity, especially a first date, you learn very, very quickly what type of person that individual is. Under stress. Because you're under stress. You're under a time crunch. You have to work together. Yep. You quickly learn each other. And you learn if they're good at problem solving. Yes. So you learn a lot really fast. Like I said, for me, I don't that think I would do that d- as a first date, though. For me, that date turned out amazing. Right. It was I, an. It was a ballsy, bold, like first date move, though. But sometimes you just take a chance and say, "Fuck it." Yeah, I. You know, it's another fun first date. Laser tag. Yes. Because it if if you're on anything the team, competitive, honestly, is I a think fun first. Anything date. where you can be a team. Team competitive, all fun. Because then it shows their ability to work together as a unit which will give you an idea of how they're going to be in a relationship because if they're not willing to compromise or you're not willing to compromise with them or you're already arguing over like minuscule things while you're doing something as as tiny as laser tag yeah that's going to be a big indicator that you should be like eh, eh. just we either need a, more time around each other to figure each other out or this is probably a bad idea uh something that you brought up that I want to hit on real quick is the paying, right? Who pays on the first date? Is it the initiator or is it always the man? I mean, cause what if the girl asked you out first? I've never had a girl ask me out first. Never, never. I have. It's interesting. Never. I've had some very bold women in my life, um, that have approached me and they, they've asked me to go on a date. I've had women approach me. And initiate conversation, uh-huh. but I've never had a woman ask me yep. to go on a date. So I think it was, uh, it's first. So far. I, now I've had somebody ask, hey, you want to get lunch or hey, you want to do this? But I've never actually had somebody ask if I wanted to go so on a date. So normally in my in my experience so far, it's been women that are older than me that are more uh, brazen or brave or uh, they're like, fuck it. They got, you know. They don't want to waste time, so they're just going to be quick to the punch, and they're like, hey, you just want to go on a date or whatever. And you're like, so you've been chatting for 30 minutes or so, and you haven't brought it up. Some of them are a little bit more forward these days, and I'm like, shit, all right, yeah, I'm down. I just We were going to get to that point. I just didn't realize you were that anxious to get to setting up the date, you know? But I feel like a lot of women these days would rather the guy within – so many lines of conversation jump into saying, hey, let's go on a date. But I'm usually anymore like, so when I, because I'm on dating apps, off dating apps, on dating apps, off dating apps. Yeah. Back and forth, right? I I am, I am the initiator of you want to go on a date, right? So, do, so, and, do you, and so I, who's the payer or the payee? For the first date, me. Always? I kind of agree uh, with that. I, so, so I did. I did there, go on a date where um, we met for drinks, and yep. she 
beat me to the punch to actually pay for the drinks at the first place we went to. Uh-huh. And then I paid at the second place because yeah. we just went down the street and had a, had another mm-hmm. drink, right? So that was that was kind of a surprise for me. Um, but I, I am in agreement that um, I would probably say 98% of the time I'm, I'm paying. Like, um, I have no problems if y'all trade back and forth. Well, like, and I'm okay with that. There's been instances where they've been insistent on paying for their, their part, right? Going Dutch. And I'm like, I got this. You know, and it, it, before it becomes an argument, because I can tell that they're headstrong, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. You, you can pay for yours. I'll pay for mine. No big deal. Or I'll say something which sometimes works is you can get the next one. Right. Yes. Because if they're really like determined to show that they're not a mooch or they're not, you know, out to be a gold digger or whatever it is they're 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 trying to prove, whether they're trying to show that they're on equal playing field or whatever it is, um, I, I just I just try to compromise and find a an easier way for them to tame their ego in yeah, a sense. Like I'll get the you get the next one. Yeah. You know. I I don't I don't care if you she wants to pay for the whole thing. Yeah. And I, it's happened before and I'm like if you want to pay for it, I'm not going to fight you on it. Like like if you I've I've seen it where the girl will sneak and yeah. hand the fucking her card to the the wait staff without me even knowing like I'm like that was sneaky. How'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh cuz normally I'm the one that's like Yeah, and I just like, put the okay, card there. Cool, I'll get the next one. I don't even look at the check and it's just right. just take the card. When it comes back, yeah, I'll like, sign it. Right, no big cool. deal. I'll get the next one kind um, of thing and roll on. On first dates, have you ever seen a girl be a shitty tipper? Yes. What what do we what do we what do we think uh what defines a shitty tipper, first of all? Because well, everyone's got a different idea of what the industry standard is supposed to be. So the industry be. standard is twenty percent. I don't think that's true. That actually, yeah, it is. Look oh, it up. I think it's fifteen. How about how about we look it up? Go ahead, Google uh, it right, while we're talking about. It, but I, I'm pretty sure it. it's supposed to be fifteen percent, and it used to only be ten percent. So what would I Google? Industry. What is the standard tipping percentage? What is the standard tipping rate? Aha! Uh-huh. The average tipping rate. Force weight service is fifteen percent. Right, and that's what it's the supposed to be. The appropriate level of tip for service is twenty percent. If you're good, if you suck at your job, I am not giving you twenty percent. Let's just get that out of the way right now. So if I know you're a shit weight staff, I don't care if you're a guy, girl, black, white, Asian, purple, dinosaur, whatever you are, transgender. I don't care. Oh, if you're garbage staff, you're you, not getting If you tipped. treat me like shit, you ignore me, you don't bring me refills, you don't even ask me how my food is, you take forever to take my order, you spend more time talking to other customers than taking care of me as an equal customer, I'm, I'm, you're automatically getting pegged down every one of those things. I'm, gonna, I'm watching. Right? Absolutely. And typically, if you're, if you're, not, you're a really good waiter or waitress, I, don't have to, I, I, I tip you over I will, the 20%. I, I have tipped 50 to 60% yep. when I've seen them be really good. Uh, for instance, when I go to, in, to Hooters, right? We know those girls. Because we are there a lot, admittedly. Girls might think we're chauvinistic because we go to that place. But we we're like, patriarchal. We, we like the wings, and I like 
their salads. They're great salads. I like the breast meat. Uh, ironically, a place called Hooters and you like the breast meat. Well played. <laughs> but knowing that they're they know our drinks. So yes. I don't even have to I don't even have to usually tell them they're already pouring it. It's put out for me. Yeah. The only thing they usually ask is what I want to eat cuz that changes depending on what I'm feeling. Sometimes I get a chicken sandwich, sometimes I get a salad, sometimes, sometimes I'll do a 10. Shrimp. Sometimes I'll do a 10 for 10, sometimes I'll just get fries. It just depends, right? But they're very attentive. And not just with us, but with everybody that's sitting there at the bar area. And the funny thing is, is most of the people sitting at the bar area is all regulars anyways. For the most part, right. Nine times out of ten, say say the meal was, I got two beers and it was like six bucks, right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving her a $10 tip. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's more than the, the bill was. Like, okay, and? What's wrong with that? There should be nothing wrong with me leaving you more. Right. Or like a lot of times I'll get, for instance, say my bill was originally 25 bucks, mm-hmm. and then they give me my 20% military discount, right? And well, then you pay that forward. I do, right? right? So whatever Which is the, customary. Whatever the difference in my discount is, I tip based off the original total, right? right? And then cover the difference to where they get it. Cause so going back to the original question, the girl was a bad tipper. What was the service like? That was it deserving of a bad tip? No. So and it how was, bad of the tip was? Was what we talking here? So so it was uh, it was one of those. So we went on the date, and the date seemed to go fairly well. Mm. Um, but she was very um, snippy, very. Mimi, Mimi, towards the waitress. Um, oh, so she was like so I don't, elitist I, kind of in a way? Kind of, but at the same time, like, the waitress was being very nice to me mm. and, you know, taking my order and refilling Ooh, our drinks she quickly. She she was jealous of her flirting with you. Maybe, but it, the waitress didn't even really flirt. Mm. She was just very nice and very attentive. Um, and, like, she, the girl would be, like, mid-conversation and the waitress would come and refill my drink, right? Uh-huh. And she would just be like stop talking while she filled my drink and just kind of stare at her. So she thought that that was rude behavior by the I guess so, right? The waitress, Whereas, I'm guessing. okay, I mean, it's not like you're pouring the drink that loud to where it's... Right. Right? Which so, she, and it's not like she was standing in between the two of you while she's pouring right. the drink. So, comes to pay the bill. Yeah. I pay the bill, and I'm going to leave a tip, and she's like, oh, no, I've got the tip. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Right. Sure. Why not? Well... I don't pay attention to what she puts on the table, but mm. then we go to stand up, and she's like, I go to the restroom. I'm like, okay. Well, she goes to the restroom, and I just happen to glance over. On a $45 bill, she left this girl a dollar and ten cents. Like, Why? literally dug a dime out of her purse. Why? And left her a dollar and ten cents. Did you ask her? Uh, No. I So I took cash out of my wallet. Mm-hmm. Added to it, right, and made sure I gave it to the waitress, and right. then I left. I didn't even wait for her to come out of the bathroom. That was the end of the date, right there, done. Damn, I what, was done. Did she texted you afterwards and asked, yes, like, she's you like, go? where did you go? I'm like, uh, did she drive separately? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would oh, no, whole, no, yeah, that no. would have been really fucked up if you left it, her there no, and you I, like you drove her there. Anymore nowadays, 
women don't want you to pick them up and do the old-fashioned thing. Well, there's a few um, reasons for that. I get it. You, one people, Security. Right. They, you know, if you're a fucking stalker or Correct. a murderer, so I, I they get want it. you knowing where they live. Yeah, I, I, get I totally it. get it. But, yeah, I was 100%. I tipped the waitress, made sure the waitress got the tip and the bill, and I left. Mm. And she texts. She's like, where did you go? I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to work for me. And she's like, excuse me? And then calls me. Yeah. So then I explained, oh yeah, I 100% I explained it. I was like, you know, you were kind of snarky and Mm. snippy towards the waitress the whole date, Yeah, which I overlooked. I said, but you tipped the girl a dollar 10 on a $45 bill. Like we're not out of a way to put a dime there. Like, come on. I'm like, I don't even know what what the dime is for. She's like, insult. She's like, well, uh, you know, I'm just making sure she understands that. She she was not that good of a waitress. I'm like, wow. Uh, she was actually very good. Our drinks were never empty. You had everything you needed. Anytime you asked for something, it was there immediately. And she was polite and courteous. So how is she not a good waitress? Right. Well, she kept trying to pour drinks over when you were, when we were talking. I'm like. That's when is she supposed to pour drinks? <laughs> right, like, know? hold up, time out. We yeah. need we need a water break here, yeah. coach. Refill. Yeah. So yeah, no, like, like we've talked in previous episodes. I am very bad, mm-hmm. um, at ending a date if there's a certain thing that's not right. Yeah, it seems like you're more okay with being meeting rudeness with rudeness, whereas I'll turn the other cheek and then I'll just be like, yeah, this is just not gonna work out. You know, I don't even um, know if that's so much as being rude right there. I got up and left, right? It is uh, in a way because you didn't even wait to say goodbye or give her the explanation of why you're not even going to have a second date until she had to text and then call. So it it's like, like I said, you're basically fighting fire with fire at that point. I mean, well, that fire wasn't going anywhere anyway. With, but I, I understand yeah. your point. And yeah. you do make a valid point now that you brought it to life. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some sometimes, and I'm not just talking women. Men need it too. Sometimes you have to be rude back for them to understand I, their behavior. Yeah, I I can agree, and I I think that's where you see the the in movies where the girl will throw a drink in a guy's face or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've never had that happen, and well, nope, no. I've I've had guys throw their beer in my face at sporting events or whatever, which led to fights. Here's, uh, here's one for you. Huh. Kissing on the first date. What about it? Is, is it appropriate or it, not appropriate? Is it appropriate, not appropriate? It depends. So I think if there's chemistry, then yes, it's appropriate. If there's not and you're forcing it, then it's not appropriate. Um, Ooh, is kissing a deal breaker for you? No. In the I, sense if it's bad kissing. No, no, and I'll, I'll preface this. I'm not huge on kissing, right? It's not a big deal to me. Um, if you're shitty in bed, that's a big deal to me. <laughs> if you if you can't have an orgasm, that's a that's a big deal breaker. Because there are girls out there that are like, "I'm sorry, it's not you. I just I've never I've never been able to get off." And you're like, "What? What is wrong with you? Like, how is that even fucking possible? Like, you can't even do it when you're masturbating?" And they're like, "No, I, I just that." is like a giant red flag. First of all, it means your emotions are just wrecked somehow. You must have experienced some sort of trauma in your life where you just are incapable of having an orgasm because you have a separation between pleasure 
the pleasure sensory parts of your body and everything. Like, there's something inherently not right. Yeah. Unless you have some sort of medical problem, right? Whether, you know, there's probably something medical. If there's there's some logical thing, then we can have a discussion about. And I'd love to hear from a girl's perspective. Um, But kissing to me is not a big deal unless you're a sloppy kisser. If you're a sloppy kisser, then I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to have you put your tongue down my throat and be super aggressive. Like a girl that's super aggressive like that, I'm just like, yo, whoa, what's going on here? Like, I'm trying to do a little role reversal here or something? Like, uh uh-uh. I'm the dude. You're the chick. Like, that's not going to be a thing. You know what I mean? Um, So it's called anorgasma. Oh, there's an actual medical... Anorgasma. They've already claimed a name for it. Anorgasma is delayed, infrequent, or absent orgasms. That's awful. Or significantly less intense orgasms after sexual arousal and adequate sexual stimulation. But to answer your question, kissing is not a deal breaker. Unless, like I said, unless they are sloppy, crazy, like, all over the place. Like, passionate kissing is one thing, right? But if you're drooling all over me while we're kissing, no. That's what, that's just, like, we're not teenagers anymore. Like, you should have control over what you're, you've got going on. So, bad kissing is a deal breaker for me. Yeah. That like so if we, I get it, you know we, some people if we like, kiss after the first date and it's it's like a no. Nah, if I feel like I'm kissing my sister or something, obviously I'm gonna be like, I'm Yo, your sister, I'm yeah, your sister. There's no Joe Dirt going on here. <laughs> it's just that's probably not gonna be a thing for me. Like if I just if it feels forced, then uh, it's we're just probably not gonna. I mean, if go it's forced, it's yeah. wrong anyways. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like if it just feels wrong, like if it's like. No real fireworks or no real connection on the kiss, then I'm I can tell. Like even with girls I've dated in the past, I could tell when they're losing interest in a relationship because if the kisses go from being a certain way, and the, you feel the passion and the love and everything else that goes along with it, to a kind of a cold, numb, like a peck, you know, and you're just like, wow, okay, fuck. But sleeping together on a first date. So does it does it trigger you to think it's going to be more of a one night stand type relationship? Because as they I'll say, fires that burn brightest burn out fast. So uh, you know that's why you just keep stoking the diesel fuel. Um, yeah, but sometimes it's not diesel. Sometimes it's just regular gas. That's why you bring diesel. Well, you not know, all girls are diesel. And I didn't say she had to have diesel. You bring diesel. Mm. But you know. Um, my marriage can tell you I brought diesel. I let it burn and burn <coughs> and burn until I just couldn't anymore. Well, but yeah. So for me, um, it's it's interesting. Like after talking with my therapist and talking with other people in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to, for me, like I I I just don't care for all these societal f- dating guidelines essentially so like do you sleep together on the first date do you not sleep together do you mm. kiss on the first date do you not like you just go with the flow what's acceptable right i go with the way the conversation goes how the chemistry is mm-hmm. how we're feeling right and just go from there so you're not 
up for the societal norms of like wait a week or two weeks and then sleep together. No, I mean, or like you have to have five dates before or, you know, whatever. the. But now if it's something we both are like, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. we both know we would like to, but why don't we just hold off, you know, another couple of dates? Yeah. Okay, cool. See, now I'm the other side of that coin, right? Where I think if you have a, if you end up having sex on the first date, nine times out of 10 in my head, I've classified you as easy. And that means you've probably done it not just with me, but everyone else that you've been on a first date with. And so now I am disinterested in you. And the funny thing is, is that never even enters my mind. But that's that's how my mind works, right? So now I think, okay, you're a low-hanging fruit and anybody can have you. I don't want you. I don't want somebody that everyone else can have. I want somebody that is hard to, not necessarily play hard to get, but is definitely hard to obtain. And then once I obtain you, I will keep you. And you will want to keep me because of the level of respect that we both have for each other and the adornment that comes with the fact that we weren't just willy-nilly with giving it out, right? So that's just my perspective on it. What I've noticed um, for me in the past, Mm -hmm. and I've talked with my therapist about this as well, my behavioral health. um, So you talk about the the challenge kind of thing, you know, of getting there, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like... Once I get there, if the spoils of war, so to speak, weren't worth the battle, I'm done. Like, well, that's I'm, ar- I'm already dissatisfied and I'm out. Well, that makes sense. So Just like anything, you know, you, you if you don't get what you paid for, essentially. I mean, you test drive a car before you buy it. Right. So it's the same thing. If, if you're not getting equal output for your input, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not about this. And that right. makes sense because everybody should, should feel... Like they're coming out equal on some some way, shape, or form, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually, monetarily, whatever your your end game is when you're in a relationship. I think those are things that everybody seeks. They're looking for their equal in all regards, right? It does. You don't need imbalance because imbalance causes problems. And that's usually fished out on those first dates. And you can usually feel that imbalance. There's there's usually some sort of give and take that happens. And if somebody's more talkative than the other, you can already you can usually see that in that, that first interaction. Or if somebody's right. more uh introverted versus extroverted extroverted, you can usually see that. If somebody's more fashionable and the other one's not, if somebody's more financially savvy and the other one's not. I mean, there's a lot of things you usually pick up on that first date that are subsequent to that first date that people don't necessarily focus in on but later will observe that and think about it and they go hey you know what these were signs that i i missed that i should have focused in on and i think that comes with age too is that you can then have that retroactive introspectiveness of yourself and what you bring to the table versus what other people are bringing to the table and then you can start weeding out people and being like i know what i'm bringing to the table you don't you're not bringing enough, you know? And I know for me personally, that's why I've been single now for almost two years. I know what I'm bringing to the table and it's a lot. And so I'm not willing to accept less than what I'm bringing to the table. And that's hard. That's a hard sell because there's not a lot of females out there unless they're doctors, nurses, you know, real professionals out there that can meet the criteria that I have in my head as to what I, what is going to be a, a, an acceptable partner. And so it's been rough. It's been a rough two years because I go on these dates. I meet these girls and I'm like, 
eh, you're pretty and all, but what else do you bring to the table other than beauty? What else are you bringing to the table other than, you know, great sex? What else are you bringing to the table other than good conversation? Like, what else, what else is there? And so when you're on those first dates and you're trying to peel back the layers of the, the onion, so to speak, you want to get to the core and figure out, okay, great, you've got all these attributes. And, like, is, if you can constantly say they have this and, 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 that's when you know you have a good partner, I think, at the end of the day. And that's stuff that has to be figured out on a first date. And then? And then? And then more. <laughs> so I probably come across as an arrogant bastard to a lot of these people that listen to our channel. And that's fine. I'm good with it. I'm just comfortable with who I am. I'm 43 years old. I've been around myself for this many years. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I bring to the table. I know exactly what I'm looking for. And if you don't meet that criteria, I feel bad for you. But at the end of the day, it is my life. It is my my happiness and my peace also. Yes. And I'm not willing to sacrifice it anymore. Because I've done it enough in my past, and it's always bit me in the ass. Oh, 100%. Always. You have to be... You have to like yourself. You have to love yourself. Yep. You have to be comfortable with yourself, yep. right? Um, and you can see that on first dates. Yes. Yes, very much so. Because there's like, a lot of awkward motherfuckers I, out there. I have... I mean, it's... I've been divorced a long time now, right? Yep. And... I have established firmly who I am, what I'm about, right? Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I get told a lot that, oh, you're set in your ways. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be 36 this year. Uh, I've been. I would hope that you're you know, at least set in some of your ways. Right? Like some so, ways it can be malleable. Yes. You know, because right? as we grow and mature, we're always, we're always evolving in some way, shape or form. And if you're not, well, then you're an idiot. And you're part of the problem in society. But at the end of the day, knowing who you are and having standards for yourself, that's important. It is. So if if you're not going to have standards for yourself and you expect someone else to do that for you, you're already behind the eight ball mm -hmm. when it comes to dating. So you, should, you should know 100% what you're looking for and 100% who you are and know what your red flags are that, that you're not willing to accept. Because if you don't know what those red flags are, you're already, you shouldn't be dating, period. You should, be, you should stay single until you are comfortable with knowing who you are and what your red flags are and what you're willing to compromise on and what you're not. Because otherwise, you're going to end up in these relationships that's going to be a tug of war, and then it's going to fail. Right. We've talked about this, but we, I don't think we talked about it on, on the show. Mm. Um, so talking to my therapist, and then actually... This happened at a first date. Mm. Um, didn't make it 20, 25 minutes into the date. Mm -hmm. And I go to the bathroom. I come back, and she's. I sat down. She's like, you know what I realized? I'm like, what's that? She's like, you have commitment issues. Mm. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you just, you know, this and that, and goes on down the rabbit hole. And I said, you know. That's interesting because I talked about this similar topic not too long ago with my therapist. And I was like, you know what I realized? She's like, what's that? I'm like, uh, I've been committed to the Army for almost 18 years. Right. I've been committed to the two dogs since they were born, one seven, one six. I've been committed to the same crummy football team <laughs> when they were great right. and then went through a bad slump and yep. are now on the rise, which... For those of you listening, that's the Tennessee Volunteers. Go Vols, all right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have the same family and or friends slash family 
forever. Like once I'm committed to you, I'm committed, right. right? Yep. So I looked at her and I was like, you know what? I don't have commitment issues. I just uh, apparently don't want to commit to you. And it was like a mic drop, and I, I just left. Well, it's. I think and that for may women, come across it's a, rude and as an asshole. Well, I think for women and guys, it's an easy out to say, you know, when someone's not interested in you in, in a way that they think that you should be, to just say you have commitment issues. But that could be a whole nother fucking podcast on itself. Um, I think we definitely covered a lot of good ground so far on this one. Could be revisited. You know, it seems to do well when we talk about relationship stuff. Uh, I know our female listeners love hearing a man's perspective from things, and um, it probably gives them ammunition for against or for us. Who knows? I don't. I don't really know. Um, but I do know that both of us are looking for a specific person or specific type of person, and and. That's why we're both still single dudes is we're just, we just haven't, we haven't, you know, let our guard down to just accept something less than what we feel we deserve. And it's not saying that we're, you know, arrogant. We do know what we, we bring. And so we definitely know our, our individual worths. Right. um, And we know what we don't want. Um, We definitely don't want gold diggers or leeches. I will, I will definitely say for my standpoint, because I've been much longer in the single status and divorce status, right? That I do have some of those underlying scars from my marriage and stuff that I well, see yeah. surface occasionally, even with all the therapy. Um, well, there's going to be those emotional triggers, right? Right, yeah. and I, I've gotten lots better, but mm-hmm. you know, nobody's perfect. No, it's just um, like having emotional PTSD. It's fine, but it's like the longer I'm single. Yep. The more, you know, that establishment of that routine and that comfort becomes. Yep. And it's, it's. You don't want to sacrifice so much easier for me to just be like. I'm good. I'm just going to go home to the dogs. Yeah. Because it's peaceful. Yeah. And it's. it's, I think that's something else people like uh, misconstrue is solitude is peaceful. It's not painful. And there's a lot of people out there that are just like, they'll create drama because of the silence or they they don't know how to deal with being peaceful people. And so they'll create problems. And it's like, stop doing that. Like, just enjoy the peace, you know? You know, it's like, do I want somebody? Yes. Do I need somebody? No. Correct. But I, I would hope that we at some point, you know, when we find those people that fit our lifestyles, it will become a need. Like I need to have this person around me. I need to have that, you know, input. I need to have their love. I need to have, you know, their commitment or whatever it becomes like that actual healthy love looks right. like. Right. Um, Cause there's so much toxic love out there with all these shows out there that portray what love is. You know, like the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, the Kardashians, all these huh, the reality, fake reality, right? The real world. You know, yeah. all these TV shows the that world, are that are scripted to create drama. You know what? I feel like if we were going to do a reality show for real world, 
we should get them jobs at McDonald's or something like that. Here's the real world. Yeah, you know, not all these. You got to ride the bus, public trans. Well, and that's the funny thing is, you know, you go on these first dates with people and they have these fictitious ideas in their brain. And I've definitely noticed it when I date younger women. They have preconceived notions of how it's supposed to go and what they're supposed to obtain. And I'm supposed to be with a guy who's just going to pay for everything for me and give me a Lamborghini at the end of the day, and I'll live in a mansion, and we're going to have, you know, three beautiful kids and ten dogs and whatever crazy, like, shit is in their head. And it's like, here's a dose of reality. That's not the way life really is. That's maybe for the 0.1% of the population that's going to live like that. I hate to break it to you, doll, but you're not part of that 0.1%. Right. You're part of the rest of the world. And maybe you're part of, like, the upper 30%, because of your beauty, but there still needs to be a dose of reality that's given to a lot of females out there is like, you are giving lofty expectations to a man in the real world. You know, most blue collar dudes aren't going to be able to afford to give you that kind of lifestyle. Even Uh, most white collar dudes aren't going to be able to give you that kind of lifestyle. you know what's interesting, though, that you say that? Lineman. This is a little off Lineman topic, or blue right? collar. Is <laughs> talking blue collar anymore? Yeah. Blue collar? Well, now. It's starting to surpass white collar in pay. Now, because it's so you scarce. You can't get the trades, people. Right. That is a different, you know, we were, we we're definitely going to do one on that at some point, at some juncture when we can get some more qualified people to talk on their uh, roles in society. This was good. I think we did good on this. You know, we could probably revisit as we've revisited some of these dating. I ones. would be curious to take some of these dating episodes later on with another and like females. Bring in a free female panel and get their perspective. I think we should do that. I think we're going to do that for some some episodes that we've got planned. Yep. So people that are interested in hearing some female perspective, stay tuned. Like, subscribe, push this shit out to your friends because the more you guys share it to your friends, the better we can grow our channel. The more we can grow our channel, the better that we can actually reach to other people of different classes of society that want to be on a podcast. Because I've talked to people and they're like, oh, I want to be on a podcast. Great. Come on the show. Let us know. We will line some shit up. You know what I mean? Because I've heard heard that from people and they're like, oh, I want to be on a podcast. Well, guess what? We have one. Yep. It's called Bourbon Sauce. Here's your chance. Here's your chance. But, um... I think that's going to wrap it up for us here at Bourbon Sauce. Thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, share with your friends. Like we've said a million times, the more you do, the better the chances are we can grow this channel. Plus, the algorithms do love it. Also, check out our Instagram page, www.instagram.com forward slash bourbon sauce, where you can see clues on upcoming episodes as well as see our photos and interact with us. Give us feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you don't like. Hope you come back. Until next time, enjoy your favorite beverage and get sauced. Cheers. Cheers.